NerdJock the Podcast. Welcome to NerdJock the Podcast. I am here today with my best friend, Hefe. Hello. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you. And today we're going to talk about a subject that we talk about pretty regularly outside of the podcast. We do, yeah. We're going to be talking about our top superhero movies. There's a lot of good ones, but there's also a lot of bad ones. It's like even almost. Yeah, it's like pretty half and half. Yeah, they trade one good one for a bad one. It's like you're almost like reluctant to be like, ooh, I'm a big fan of superhero movies because there's so many bad ones. Uh, A little bit, yeah. And it's like, I'm a big Marvel fan, but like, don't watch Daredevil. Yeah, you don't want to like wholesale (laughs) agree with everything they do. But yeah, we do talk about the MCU, the Marvel Universe, quite a bit. Yes, and generally looking down our our top 10 list, it's pretty dominated by Marvel in general. Not just strictly the MCU, but the greater Mm -hmm. Marvel Universe as made by Stan Lee. So I guess we'll start by talking about our methodology. Prior to podcasting, we had a conversation about the best superhero movies. And we kind of made a list and we added some details to our list, like the year and the lead actors. And then we did a blind ranking where you blindly ranked your top 10 Mm -hmm. and I blindly ranked my top 10. We added them up and divided them by two to get our average ranking. And we have our list. The good thing is we agreed on nine of the same movies. And the only two that we didn't agree on were ones that I had seen, or one of us had seen, but the other had not. Correct. So we're actually going to be presenting a list of 11 movies, even though this will be titled as a top 10 list. It's going to be 11 movies. A little bait and switch on the title there. Totally. So I will admit I do have a bit of a Marvel bias. As a kid, I read a decent number of Marvel comics and collected Marvel cards. And I've always just traditionally liked Marvel over DC. Mm -hmm. Um, Having said that, Batman's probably my favorite superhero character. Yeah, I think we agree on that one. He's just awesome. Yeah. It it helps that your name very easily converts to Batman. Yes. From Bateman. Yeah, that that certainly doesn't hurt. Um, We will also add a disclaimer so people don't listen to the whole list and are super disappointed. (laughs) You will not find any Superman movies on this list. Yeah, and I'm telling you up front because I respect you if you really like the Superman movies. However, I just didn't feel like any were good enough to break the top ten list. Yeah, we both felt that way. Yeah, yeah, at least we agreed. And maybe it should also be said we both kind of find Superman the not the most engaging character, but I, like I have nothing against him. Just I find other characters more appealing, more more interesting. Yes. Yeah. In, yeah. So in, definitely in a factor is the character himself, but yeah. I think a big part of it's just the movies that have been made, and kind of the style of movies. So we can talk about original Superman. Mm-hmm. 1978, Christopher Reeve. Reeves? Christopher Reeve. I, I, think I think it's Reeves. I think it's Reeves. Yeah. Christopher Reeves. We're going to go with that. He, that kind of set the tone for future superhero movies. Mm-hmm. At the time, you know, it was very overdramatic and very slow. And as much as like a romantic movie as it was a superhero movie, really. Right. Well, it's tough to make a movie back in the 70s. Well, a superhero and especially a Superman movie without great special effects. Like they did okay for their time. But like Superman, at least in comics, he's like lifting up huge ships and all kinds of really yeah. cool stuff. And they just couldn't really do a lot of that in the 70s for movies. Yeah. And so it falls flat a little bit in a, in a Superman movie. And so my general issue with the Superman movies is they've kind of stayed fairly true to the traditional Superman, kind of really Mm -hmm. slow-moving, really dramatic, um, and not necessarily adapted with current, fast-paced superhero movies. 
Uh, yeah, and I think one of the reasons for that is because Superman is so indestructible and he only has like the one weakness, which is kryptonite. And so most Superman movies, they've relied on the kryptonite to beat him. Otherwise, there's no drama to it if he can't beat him. So it has to be kryptonite. Yeah. Um, which I think is actually a detriment to them because in the comics, Superman is, uh, he has a weakness to kryptonite, but also other things like there's magic in the in the comic books that he's weak to and stuff like that. So I think Superman here movies could benefit from adding more of his weaknesses into the movies. That way we have a broader range of where the stories can go. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And if we look at Superman, I guess, Returns, the 2006 Superman mm-hmm. with Brandon Roth, R- Ruth, <laughs> uh, they actually did a couple things that I really liked. Like I like that the get shot in the face and the bullet just like compresses on his eye. His eyeball, yeah. I thought that was like a kind of a cool way of using special effects to, you know, make the Superman character yep. cool. Yep. But at the end of the day, like the ending is really slow and drawn out and all that. Mm-hmm. And then Man of Steel in 2013, um, I think it showed some promise. Yeah. Um, like they tried to take a slightly different style. They went origin story. Um, for whatever reason, it lost, or I guess I know the reason, I was kind of lost my interest when it was just aliens fighting aliens. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It just there's there's yeah. I and the fights were so long, and I I don't know. I just I didn't love that one. I I think what it might be is because they went like really grand on the scale of the fight, like they were flying all over the city and buildings were falling down. That because the scale was so big, you don't it doesn't really affect you. Like you don't really have an emotional response to this, which is what movies should do. Yeah, and I think also it's it shows kind of that lack of progression. Like, So something that we've seen more and more in MCU movies is like more technical fight scenes that are generally shorter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, for example, look no further than Civil War when they're going after the Winter Soldier and there's a couple different like short fights with the Winter Soldier and different characters so specifically i remember the black widow one where she like throws on a triangle and is like raining down elbows from the top but ultimately gets like smashed through a window yeah and it's like that was short but it was like really entertaining and actually like somewhat plausible of a Mm -hmm. fight scene yeah contrast that with like man of steel like the really slow drawn out fights well yeah they're so long and it's just like buildings are toppling everywhere but no one's getting hurt yeah one where are the people in all of this and why does nobody really seem to... There's no real consequence behind... They just destroyed an entire city. You, yeah. you do kind of see it, I guess, in Batman versus Superman. Like, Batman has a grudge against Superman because he destroyed the city. But yeah. I, I think the DC movies recently have not hit on an emotional level very well, which is why they haven't... At least they don't make an appearance on our list. Yeah. You know? And I actually don't hate Batman v Superman as much as a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually... Feel like Superman wasn't the problem with that movie. It was a lot of other things. Yeah, we've to, but we don't have maybe to, another podcast. Yeah, we've we don't talked have to get about this it. at length too. Some other movies we discussed that aren't on the list. Uh, we have original Batman, nineteen eighty nine, Michael Keaton. All in all, a really good movie that would be on the list if Batman movies weren't remade by yeah. Christopher Nolan. And we'll, and we'll <laughs> Essentially, get, we'll get there. Batman Forever, nineteen ninety five, with Val Kilmer. Part of this shows my age. Like I would have been eight or whatever when that came out so Mm -hmm. it was like fairly age appropriate it was kind of a different take on batman wasn't right it wasn't silly and it wasn't really dark but it was still weird it was like a weird batman yeah and that was um 
Joe, no, Riddler and Two-Face, right? That's right, yeah. Which, I think it was the first Batman movie I ever saw. I, I still think is one of the better ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and at least it's different. Um, a movie that I've seen on quite a few, actually, top superhero movies list is Unbreakable. So that's with um, Bruce Willis, M. Night Shyamalan, and it's actually a really good movie. I like it. Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel Jackson, who's in a lot of superhero movies in various roles. That's a very different take, though. It's hard, like, I don't even know how to classify that movie. It's, yeah, it's like a thriller superhero movie, almost. Yeah, Yeah, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's a good movie, but it doesn't crack our top ten. Spider-Man 2, again, this is kind of more shows my age, like I would have been in in high school at the time. I thought Spider-Man 2 was pretty good. Looking back on it now, Tobey Maguire was just terrible. <laughs> yeah, the movie is decent despite Tobey Maguire. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, and again, it like it just plays super heavy on the the romantic relationship side, mm-hmm. which is less what I'm into. A couple animated movies we discussed: uh, Megamind, 2010, with Will Ferrell, who played Superman yep. in that one, or like the the Superman type character. I have no idea. On like honestly, I saw this movie and. I saw it back in 2010, so it's been like six years. I, Yeah, I, I liked it. It's one of those movies where the like supervillain kind of becomes a hero, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's Will Ferrell, so if you don't like his sense of humor, you probably aren't going to like the movie. But it is a little more kid-friendly. A more recent one, uh, Big Hero 6, 2014. I thought it was quite good, but again, doesn't crack our list. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, it was Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. I knew yeah. it was like one of those like traditionally handsome actors. Yeah, yeah. He was like, he's perfect for playing <laughs> that like kind of arrogant, handsome guy. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's get into our top 10 list, which is actually top 11. Mm-hmm. Why don't we start with the two movies that we didn't agree on kind of at the bottom of the list. Okay. We'll yeah. say tied for 10, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so I had X-Men First Class. Uh, 2011, kind of the first in that X-Men reboot. Uh, which is just, I feel like, has gone downhill. I feel like First Class was quite good. Days of Future Past was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then Apocalypse was bad. Which, neither, did you see it? Yes. Okay, I didn't see it. Yes, it, it was because I'd heard so many Yeah, like, don't see it. It's really bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's a shame. But yeah, it was just interesting because it, it was a bit of a, like a time period piece as well. Yeah, mixing with the superhero, or the, the mutants. Yeah, so it's kind of origin story, kind of time piece. And I think it worked quite well. One of the things I really like about it is, well, at least this new iteration of X-Men, is how they were able to reboot the series without doing a traditional reboot. Like, they were able to go back in the past. It allows them to get new actors for everybody. I I just thought it was kind of clever. It's a very comic book type of way of doing things, which is cool. You don't see it in movies. So, yeah, I just like the new series because of that. Yeah, and just explore something that the previous X-Men trilogy, like, just didn't get into, right? Right, yeah, so I mean... It just kind of started with X-Men being established and kind of Wolverine and Rogue kind of joining. Right, yeah, so it allows them to do a reboot without doing an origin story, which I'm not a huge fan on uh, most origin stories, just because you have to waste so much time. Depends on the one. Yeah, like, they, they can be like, very, we'll, very good. we'll get to a couple that but, I like. Yeah, they can be very good, but I, I like that they did that. I, it's just a better, or uh, at least an alternative way of doing things that I liked. Okay. So the next one that I voted for, but you did not, is Deadpool, um, because I have seen it and you have not. Um, Deadpool, though, I really liked it because it was a sort of a break off from the traditional Marvel movie where they're very uh, family kid friendly and Deadpool is not at all. And not saying that that's why I like the movie, but it allows them to 
to be a, take a little more risks behind the movie. Um, you know, the rest of the Marvel Universe is very safe with how they tell their stories and they're very safe with their characters so that they have universal appeal. Whereas they don't have to do that with Deadpool. And plus, they cast Ryan Reynolds, who is absolutely perfect in the role. And he's so funny. They also have T.J. Miller in the movie, who has some really funny lines. And overall, it wasn't like the storyline behind it. it isn't anything special. Even the effects behind it are not anything special. Yeah, it, it didn't have fairly low budget as yeah. far as current superhero movies go. Yeah, so like they didn't have to, or they didn't rely on this big budget to make a spectacle of things. They had to rely on the charisma of the characters and yeah, the script. Yeah, you got a solid script. And um, which, it, which it did. It was just a solid, funny, clever movie. And I think this opens a window into issues with like current Hollywood producing mm-hmm. companies currently. So Fox was super against having it as an R-rated movie. Right. And then, you know, the director and Ryan Reynolds like really advocated for it. And I'm sure they had, you know, a producer or two kind of on their side. Yeah. And then they ended up, you know, making it. And then it was like one of the highest grossing movies of the year, like did really well, yeah, way more successful. successful than it probably would have been if it was a family friendly one. I agree. Yeah. And that just shows that there's so many studios that are just unwilling to do something different. Mm-hmm. And so they're just, you know, kind of stuck, you know, doing what they think traditionally works. Right. Yeah. Well, I get the impression that Hollywood is stuck between the art and the business. You know, the business side of the thing wants to be like, make this appeal to everyone so that everyone will see yeah. it. And that makes more money but that doesn't necessarily make good movies. Yes, and at, for me coming from a marketing background, I'm like that's actually a little bit flawed trying to like take the safe route, mm-hmm. do something different to stand out. And so I think I, I hope that we see more of that movie. Right, forward. it's like it's like every cereal company trying to make Cheerios because everybody likes Cheerios. Yes. You just end up with the same somewhat garbage cereal. I do like Cheerios. I <laughs> yeah, I mean they're okay. Number 9. We got X2. So, mhm. This was one of those rare early 2000s movies that were actually pretty good as far as superhero movies go. I feel like the first one kind of laid a pretty good foundation, but then they were just able to do a higher budget, more intense X2 that was quite entertaining mm-hmm. and like had you know flashbacks to Wolverine's origin, but wasn't like Wolverine's origin story. Yeah, we don't talk about Wolverine origins. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um... And... It, it was kind of nice because, I don't know, there's, like, that whole love triangle plot line was always entertaining to me between, you know, Jean Grey, Wolverine, and Cyclops. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, they were able to get some good, funny quips in with that one. But, I mean, I think it's worth noting that this was kind of pre-Marvel Cinematic Universe. It was, yeah. Which, so this was kind of like the the beginning of that universe, so we weren't used to the typical Marvel formula yet. Uh, which I so I think it kind of sets the stage for the rest of the Marvel universe. Like that makes sense. Like it, it yeah. sort of predates it, and set the it kind of set the groundwork for Marvel to be able to create their universe because it was a a good movie and successful. They showed that they could uh, create a good movie out of these superheroes. I agree. Okay, number eight, we have I believe the only animated movie to make our list. Yeah, that's correct. Which is The Incredibles. The Incredibles um, is so good. It's amazing. People I, talk about Disney Pixar all the time and like don't mention The Incredibles as one of their good movies. It's super underrated, movies. yeah. And I remember, like I hadn't seen it for a real long time, probably five or six years, and I watched it maybe just a couple of years back. And I remember thinking, like, how did I forget about this movie? It is so funny and it is so good. I don't know why it doesn't get a little more traction. but Yeah, and it really explored kind of a fun take on it where... 
you know, there's people, superheroes, and then the government kind of like outlaws it, which that's not really kind of a new storyline. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, the villain ultimately kind of invents artificial superpowers that can actually like compete with superpowers yeah, of, yeah. of superheroes. And so they're kind of like forced to come out. It's, I don't know, it's just fun and mm-hmm. it's super family, family friendly. And it's kind of steals maybe a little bit from the Marvel concept that like being a mutant could be like a gene. And so two superheroes have kids and so they all have like superpowers, right, but they're all yeah. like different. Genetic. They don't really like... No, they don't directly kind of rip it off, but conceptually they do. Mm-hmm. Have they confirmed Incredibles 2? I know there's been rumors circulating for... The Incredibles 2, I, it has an entry in IMDb, so whether that's confirmed or not... Is it like pre-production, planned, announced? It's in pre-production, expected in 2018. Well, if it's in pre-production, then I think that and means it's br- they're actually... Brad doing... Bird's writing it, coming back to direct it. He did the yeah, first okay. one. Oh. Yes, it sounds like they're actually doing it then. All right, my turn. On to number seven. Okay, we have Iron Man. So kind mm-hmm. of the first of the, the MCU. Yep. And Robert Downey Jr. like was phenomenal. Like he just delivered like a super impressive, yeah, impressive product. And so I think the movie would have been good without him, but I think it like makes the list because he was in it. And I always liked Iron Man, but he's kind of a B-list character from from uh, yeah, the Marvel universe, right? Like he's not Spider-Man, he's not Wolverine. He's he's definitely a little bit of a a B-liner, but now, you know, everyone fell in love with him in one single movie. It's so hard to imagine anybody but Downey as Iron Man. Totally. Like obviously he's not going to do it for too much longer. I don't know what his contract is, but like it wouldn't blow me away if he died in Infinity War stuff. I'm almost expecting it, yeah. But um, I, I, I feel like they just can't bring the character back at any point because Downey's too good. But um, yeah, Iron Man was awesome mostly because of Downey. I'd say. Yeah, I mean the the plot was okay, but Downey was awesome. Yeah, well, and they just they finally had a movie studio finally had like the the appropriate technology to really like deliver mm-hmm. a good like mechanical Iron Man thing. Like if that even came out. Eight years earlier, it would have been like really bad CGI, right? It would be Star Wars prequel. Yeah, kind it of would. That's Which exactly. I mean isn't like bad because of the CGI, but <laughs> it's not great. Yeah. Okay, so next on the list is Doctor Strange starring Benedict Cucumber. Yeah, Benedict Cucumber. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbun. <laughs> I love all the awesome names for him. But um, so this is the most recent recently released movie, at least from Marvel. And one of the things that I really liked about it is it creates a new element to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, being the magic portion of it, which I guess they have a little bit in the comics, but they never have really focused on it in movies before. Again, Benedict Cumberbatch is so good as Doctor Strange. Like it's, I guess there was a little bit of controversy in him being cast, and even he himself didn't really know if he'd make a good superhero. But now that you see him and you're like, oh man, like that's perfect. And personally, if you haven't seen the movie, this isn't really a spoiler, but I like the ending of the movie and how it's different from a typical superhero ending. It's much more about intelligence and reasoning than it is about just, I'm stronger than you. I, I think is a really good way to create a new ending out of a superhero movie that hasn't really been done before. Yeah, I totally agree. I remember I was a big fan of the Doomsday storyline in the comics the Superman versus Doomsday storyline. 
um, which they totally butchered in Batman vs. Superman. It was Superman. quite bad. But in the comic books, as they're fighting Doomsday, like Doomsday is unbeatable pretty much. And the only way that they're able to beat him is by like trapping him in a, another dimension, similar to, I guess, Zod. And I think Doctor Strange allows them to add that kind of element where you can have somebody so powerful that the strength of the superheroes isn't what will beat them, but it's more the intelligence of the superheroes so they can... They can do things like trapping him in another dimension, a magical dimension or whatever it is. So I agree with you. It allows them to open up new avenues in how they tell these stories and how they defeat people. Agreed. My turn? Yes. Number five, we have The Avengers. So 2012 really took the MCU to kind of unprecedented territory, you know, Mm -hmm. where it was at the time, you know, a top three kind of all-time grossing movie. Yeah. And really kind of set up now that we... Now that we have that movie, we have a whole bunch of crossover stuff where superheroes can kind of just flow from movie to movie because the precedent's been kind of set with the Avengers. I feel like the storyline is actually like fairly basic, but just done really well and all the actors do a great job and you feel good watching it. Yeah, I think they did a really good job in balancing the, the action and the humor in it as well as just everybody's... All the actors are really good at the characters that they play. So yeah, it just worked really well. Yeah, and even if you take kind of a, a tier C superhero that's a little bit lame in Hawkeye, he actually even looks cool in the movie. Yeah, and he Hawkeye's much better in Ultron, but even, yeah, even in Avengers, you're like, oh man, he's... he's yeah, so well, cool. yeah, Ultron I think was good for him, but Avengers, um, yeah. Yeah, introduce a character that in any other movie, you'd be like, eh. Well, because he was in the original Thor. Was, Barely. was he? Okay. Yeah, he was like up in a crow's know. nest as oh, like okay. a sniper. Oh, okay. Yeah, just a little Easter egg, basically. Okay, nice. Yeah. Great. Um, I also like how the Avengers, like you mentioned, it allows crossovers now. It opened the door for crossover appearances of superheroes, which I think makes each individual superhero movie much better because you no longer have to focus on that one hero and that one hero's weakness, which creates very limited storylines. You can open it up. Um. Okay, next... Number four? Number four. We have Batman Begins, the original of the Chris, uh, Christopher Nolan trilogy, starring Christian Bale, who, as far as I'm concerned, is the Batman and forever will be the Batman. But I think as far as origin stories go, this is the best. So obviously, like as we look at this overall list, we see a lot of movies that are like pretty current. And I think because a lot of superhero movies are bettered by better technology Mm -hmm. but i see that if we like remade this list in like 20 years i feel like we would have batman begins on it like it i think it was like revolutionary in how it was it was fun and interesting without being cheesy and Mm kind of had kind of everything you wanted it had characters that you were really into it had storyline that was good and the fighting was awesome yeah and i think it just really captured the character of batman better than most in that it's much more about his own resourcefulness than, you know, his powers or whatever it is. And uh, so I, as far as an origin story goes, I think it set the stage for his motivations behind why he does what he does much better than any other origin story, uh, which is why, yeah, for me, greatest origin story to yeah. date. One, it shows, it kind of shows off why his, like why he can fight so well. It's like kind of covers that training piece. It also, 
I like how they have the tie-in with why he has those, like, arm spikes on his forearms. Yeah, it actually makes sense. It actually, like, makes sense. It was, like, for their sword fighting that they're doing in the Himalayas or whatever. Yeah, and they explain, like, each piece of his armor, and they really set it up grounded in reality, which which is good to see out of a superhero movie. The funny thing talking about the Dark Knight trilogy, like, I know most people feel like Dark Knight's the best of the trilogy. I have a hard time picking, like... At any given time, I could like mm-hmm. any one of them more than any others. And realistically, when I watch all three, it's like it's kind of like one. Yeah, the, I, I agree. It's tough to really separate one from the other, but uh, I did for this list. Yeah, like I don't almost like if you're talking about Lord of the Rings, it's hard to like split up movies. It's like it's Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's just the whole thing. It's the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. Okay. But I, I will admit that the plot's more separate than Lord of the Rings plot. Mm-hmm. Number three. Uh, Captain America Civil War. So this is essentially like Avengers 2.5. And it's right. actually like kind of been joked at quite a bit that it, it's not really a Captain America movie. No, no but, it's not. But um, it's really cool. It introduces new superhero in Black Panther who's going to get a standalone film coming yep. up. And the new Spider-Man. Yeah. We get a little cool. peek into new Spider-Man. Uh, it's just a really fun, entertaining movie. I will admit like there are there are a few issues with it. Yep. Um, the biggest for me being, so I actually, I'm, I like the motivation of why they kind of split sides. What I don't like is how, you know, Captain America is going to win because it's named after him. Yeah. Where if, it was, if it was an Avengers movie, like Avengers Civil War, mm-hmm. then it's like you, you go in not knowing who's going to win. Essentially, right. Yeah. Because right? it's not one person's movie. Although you could argue nobody really won. I, I agree. And that's, yeah. that's what I was going to follow up. Everyone kind of loses and... One of the things I really liked about this, and one of the reasons I'm not high on Ultron, because in the Avengers Ultron movie, they do a lot of like showcasing of the superheroes. You know, a lot of big sweeping shots where all the superheroes are fighting, and there's like eight superheroes in one scene, and they pay this play this patriotic music while they're doing it, and it's so heavy-handed and like, look how awesome our heroes are. Whereas Civil War, they had those big fight scenes, but they took out the drama and the melodramatics of look how awesome these people are which i think makes it just for i thought it was much better that you could pack that many superheroes into one movie and not be annoyed that they're all on screen at one time yeah yeah no i'd agree with that I, they pulled it off better than ultron i think um i like the scene at the beginning when they're fighting crossbones crossbone yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like that overall scene but i especially like when captain america like kicks the jeep into someone it kicks yeah. it hard enough that it moves it. And it's like, yeah, I guess if he was like five times stronger than your average human, he could do that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, no, really. He, he seems to get stronger every movie. I don't know. He kind of does, doesn't <laughs> he? All of a sudden he's lifting aircraft hangers like Superman. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, number two, we got Captain America again, but this time Winter Soldier, which this one is a little bit different than the other superhero movies and then it's more of a political kind of setting. Uh, almost a political thriller in that, that. That's actually what makes that trilogy so fun. The Captain America trilogy, mm-hmm. the first one's like a World War II period piece. The second one's a yep. political thriller. And then the third one's like your traditional big superhero movie. Yeah, so each one's a little bit different, which I think is a strength of the Captain America movies. And I should say, I did, I'm not even a big fan of Captain America as a hero. He's, no, me he's neither. He's not my favorite, but his movies are really good. They're undeniably good. But this one's good because you had a lot of like intrigue and... The bad guys were actually the or the good guys were the bad guys, and which I mean movies do that all the time. But it uh, 
it was good that they were able to get political elements into a superhero movie and have it be believable, which is, is hard to do when you're making up a political world that uh, surrounding these superheroes. But Yeah, and I, I like that it it's like in that movie they kind of tease that there could be like a Black Widow love interest, but then it's like it just turns into a friendship. I don't yeah. know, it's kind of like a fun dynamic between those two and then they can kind of build off that relationship moving forward. Like you mm-hmm. can kind of play that, that friend role for them. Yeah, I, I like that the Marvel Universe kind of gives nods to these Hollywood cliches, like, oh, this is the love interest. And then Marvel's like, nah, we don't really care about that. <laughs> like, I like how they do that. And totally. I think they do it quite often. But Yeah. And speaking although, of love interest, one of the funniest scenes for me in any of these movies is in Civil War. So I guess jumping back one, mm-hmm. Steve Rogers finally kisses his love interest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the guy's in the car yeah, nodding true. like, yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> good part. All right. Anything else on Civil War? No, I'm excited to get to Sorry, number Winter one. Soldier. Anything no. else on Winter Soldier? No, I'm excited to get to number one. Number one, uh, no surprise, we have The Dark Knight. That's on the top of a lot of people's lists. Dark Knight took a really good foundation, created in Batman Begins, kind of takes it to the next level, and it's mm-hmm. really dark and intense. Like, I have to be in the right mood to watch this movie. There's just no break from how dark and intense this movie is. Like, almost no humor, I don't think, in the entire thing yeah, that, that I can remember. But honestly, this movie is made by uh, Heath Ledger. That Joker is unbelievable. It's so creepy and so real and gritty and insane. Yeah, I like that. I like when different movies can have the villains with different motives, right? Like mm-hmm. whether it's Ra's al Ghul and Batman Begins, who's motivated by kind of having a pure world and having that really judgmental kind of philosophy, or it's like your traditional. James Bond villain that's motivated by by money or like Thanos who we think is motivated by like need for power at least Loki is mm-hmm. in Marvel but here we have the Joker who's like motivated by insanity essentially yeah which makes him so unpredictable and that's what makes it exciting in the movie at least the first time you're watching through and you're like you're like what is going on you have no idea but also I I really like the Dark Knight was able to mix in so many political elements going on and it's interwoven so seamlessly that it like you don't really notice that this is actually a very political movie it's a, it has a lot to do with our political system and our legal system and how do you deal with this and there's corrupt people in it which batman deals with all mm-hmm. the time and by ours you mean gotham's uh I, well, you, yeah you're aware that we don't live in gotham right jeff uh, you're really blowing my mind here, Jay. Um, no, but I think it, it kind of gives nods to the fact that our actual world is imperfect in this. The, super, the Batman movies kind of play off that. In this imperfect world, how do you really do good things? And that's, that's what The Dark Knight deals with, which is what makes it so totally. good. I will add a little note that one of my, like, my least favorite part in the Dark Knight trilogy is in The Dark Knight. And really? that's when that cable flips the semi-truck. Oh, and it's okay. just like wrapped around like one like light post or something. It's like no, no. He like, like he weaves it in between. It like, but I understand. It like defies the laws of physics. But I agree. No, they actually flipped the truck though. Like it's a real yes. truck flip. But I agree. Like yes. the one cable wouldn't do much. Yeah. Um, I actually think what's worse is when he Batman doesn't run him over. No, <laughs> no. When he drives his Batman drives his motorcycle up the wall and does like oh, this yeah. weird little flip. <laughs> um, I I don't like that part even less than that's um, fair a little side note though on the batman trilogy i've made the argument for years that a lot of people kind of hate on the dark knight returns the third one mm-hmm. saying that it just like 
didn't really live up to the hype, um, which I think was its downfall was the hype because I think if you were to switch the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Returns and the Dark Knight Returns was released second, I think people would like it a lot more than they do currently. Currently, like each movie like yeah, just some traction. Yeah, just because the Dark Knight is so good that like how do you follow up one of the the best superhero movie to date? Yeah. So I, yeah, I think I people would like agree. it a lot more. I think it's a really good movie. Well, that's going to do it for our top 10 list, but before we end the podcast, why don't we talk about our favorite and least favorite superheroes? Bonus or villains. Round. You can choose villains if you want. Or oh, vigilantes. I can choose villains? I don't know. I didn't know that. All right, no, I'm going to stay with my list. Okay. My picks. Why don't you go first? Both picks. Both picks. Number one, I'm going to start with uh, least favorite just because I like starting with the worst. And I'm going to go with Robin from the Batman and Robin series. He's just, just Robin in general. He's just terrible all around. Like every movie portrayal of him is bad. We should note though, he looks hilarious in Batman Lego movie. Oh, but it's because yes. they're making fun of the character. Yeah. He looks like a complete moron, which is <laughs> so funny. Um, but yeah, he, they've never been able to get a good Robin character. Um, which actually I think in the comic books in at least a couple of video games I've played, he turns into like Nighthawk, I think his name is. He like kind of becomes his own thing. And he's much cooler once he's his own thing, but when he's a sidekick, he can't do it. Okay. Uh, favorite, I'm going with Iron Man. And I'm going with Iron Man. He's actually my second favorite, but uh, you picked my actual favorite. so We can share the same favorite. No, that's fine. No, that's, that's okay. I'm going with Iron Man. Okay. Much for the same reason as your favorite in that he's it relies on his intelligence and his resourcefulness. And also, I just love how Robert Downey Jr. plays him. Like, he makes him this billionaire playboy who's really cocky, but still, like, likable. Yeah. And I think it's a really good mix. Everything you want to be in the future. Yeah, and actually, I'm I'm a convert to Iron Man. Growing up, I never liked him, and I, I thought he was kind of lame. But since Robert Downey Jr., I'm like, okay, this guy's pretty awesome. So, that's my list. Okay. So, this is an interesting question, because there's certainly characters that have been ruined by movies, and characters that have been made been made better by movies. We both agree that Captain America wasn't a character that we really liked, but movies mm-hmm. like have made him really good. Even the old Captain America is decent. Mm-hmm. And the same can be said about characters that are bad. So like, I really like the character Daredevil. The movie looked him made him look so bad. Uh, yeah, that was just bad all around. So there's a few that I was debating, but for my least favorite, I'm going to go with The Thing from Fantastic okay. Four, just like a dude made out of rocks. Yeah, okay. Um, and part of it is that the movies have been really bad, but... Yeah, that's true. I don't know. He's just like a less good Hulk, essentially. Oh, man. They, you, you haven't seen Deadpool, but it reminds me of, I think it's Colossus, who's in... Yeah. He's one of the X-Men, but he's in... And he's that sort of character. He's this metal guy who has, like, no personality <laughs> other than, like, I should do the right thing. They, do they make him be, like, Russian? Oh, yeah. He's yeah. Russian. He's actually kind of funny in the movie, but it's a similar, just he's a big hulking guy who doesn't really offer much else. And my runner-up for favorite character, which I almost went with, uh, is Black Widow. And part of it's because she's been made awesome in the movies. I love that they actually have her Mm -hmm. as a really good fighter. I'd love for them to actually give her a movie. That'd be really cool. Um, I thought you were going to pick somebody. I thought you were going to pick Batman. I said runner-up. My favorite is Batman. Oh, okay. And it's like, I just really, yeah, I just really like Batman. And I like that he outsmarts Superman and bad guys and, and all that stuff. That'll do it. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Peace out. The music in this podcast is Be Electric by Rocket Max. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Nerd Jock the Podcast. 
You can find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, iTunes, or Google Play, always at Nerdjock the Podcast.